All right, hi, this is Jason Wimpf. I'm here with Terry Esau after our encounter session this morning. So thanks for joining us, Terry. It's just Glad great to having be you here. here. First of all, you know, you talk about this idea of us needing to be surprised and sort of kind of woken up out of a, maybe a complacency. Is that something you think is unique to American spirituality, or is that something that's globally we as believers need to be kind of waking up to? Uh, well, I would I would say it's a human condition. Sure. I I might think it's a little worse in in the Western world, you know maybe Western Europe, the U.S., you know, a lot of Africa, I think they, they live their spirituality, their, their faith on their sleeve a little bit more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, here in America, I'd say we, it would not hurt us to get shaken and awakened a little bit. Sure. So, yeah. What do you think leads us to being in that position? How do we get here? Um... Well, in some ways, life is pretty good here. Mm-hmm. Whenever life is good, you you tend to uh, lose your awareness of your need for God. I think, you know, it's you just you become like you said complacent. Um, you know, and our our culture. Well, I don't know if we want to get into this, but you know, there's a lot of what's happening with Christianity in our Western culture now that's not all that connected to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, or the, you know, politicization of Jesus where, you know, hey, God's on my side, so uh, he yeah. obviously isn't on your side. <laughs> right. You know, we do that with sports. We do that with our politics. We do it with mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And it's like, sometimes I think, you know, God's got to be up there going, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you think that I'm choosing your side over their side for what reason? You know, so I think some of the reason that that Christianity is dropping off in there, you know, the nuns, the non non involved right. non religious, the nuns are increasing so much is because um, we've you know we've done it to ourselves. Sure, we've tied Jesus to things that are not tied to Jesus, and. Our culture is looking at that, at that, going, "Well, if that's who Jesus is, I'm not all that interested," you know. So then, as you're talking to people and interacting, like the story you told of the guy on the bike, how do you try to separate that a little bit? Because you you start to say, "Hey, you know, here's kind of what I'm about," and they start to hear some of this talk about Jesus or even religiously sounding language. Yeah. Are there ways you try to differentiate well, that, yeah, or un- how do you? Unfortunately, if you come right out and say, "I'm a Christian," that's a lot of the baggage, you know, it's like the word evangelical too. It's right. like there are a lot of words now that have baggage to them that are not what we would necessarily want to be tied to us. Um, so, you know, at some point you just have to go, you, ju- you just have to go on with your life. And for me, it's so much of this is about relationships. And I think, I hope that once people get to know me, they go, oh, you're not, uh, you're not a Christian because you're a Republican mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, your, your faith is something different than politics. Your faith is something different than, than your economic condition. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you actually, you, know, you actually have to spend time with people before they can stop judging you for what, you know, what Christianity has become in sure. our country to a, to a great degree. Yeah. 
you know, I think I can hear some of our community asking about is how do we know that voice you talked about? I'm kind of jumping topics, but that voice you talked about is God and not my guilty conscience for not helping somebody or just my own internal voice. How do you sort that out? Well, I, I sort it out imperfectly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I can't say with 100% that I know God's voice when I hear it or I, you know, because my, my voice filters in at mm-hmm. times. And I, so I question, I, you know, I think I question things more than the average person, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we all do. I think a lot of people have those questions. They never speak them mm-hmm. because they're afraid that God's going to smite them if they ask, you know, if they actually are honest with what's going on inside their head. And my, my belief is God's not afraid of any of our questions. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's not afraid of our doubts, for that matter. Yeah. Um, T.S. Eliot said, uh, uh, how did he say this? Uh, Doubt is merely a variety of belief. Hmm. You know, and if we're all honest, really, if we're honest, we all have some doubts occasionally. You know, right. we, none of us have 100% perfect faith and believe everything all the time. You know, because, you know, we're, we're following a God that we can't see physically. With, we can't reach him with any right. of our senses. So we're naturally going to have some doubts. But over, over a lifespan, um, there's enough validation of the presence of God in my life and the presence of his interactions with me during the day that I go, man, this is a pretty real deal going on here, you know? And the older I get, the more I have, you know, I can stack experience upon experience and interaction upon interaction where I go, God showed up there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of faith building for me. And it, you know, as, as your faith builds, your doubts diminish Sure. Um, I don't think they ever go away. Maybe, yeah, probably, you know, some people. I don't know. I, prob- I probably not. I mean, it's just one of those things, like you said before, <clears throat> we're talking about an intangible thing that we're pursuing. It's right. It's hard to feel like we'd ever get to this, like, certainty. Yeah. I mean, I've been married for 41 years. I'm still learning things about my wife. Right. And I live with her. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know... It's only natural to go, I'm still trying to, I'm still learning how to understand God. And will I ever fully understand God? I'm pretty sure I won't. Yeah. And if I could, I'd actually be disappointed in God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if me, with my human brain, can actually figure out and understanding, understand everything there is to know about God, I think my God would be too small. Right. And I don't, I actually don't want that God. I want a God who's a little bit above my complete grasp. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last there's, question. There's mystery, you know. Yeah. If there's got to be some mystery to this whole thing. Otherwise, I don't know. That's that's part of it what makes it enticing and attractive, you know. Well, I mean, Paul kind of alludes that in, in parts of Romans where he talks about, like, this loving and needing of a God who is other than us, right? Like, right. pursuing something grander than us because... Yeah. Looking to ourselves doesn't get us what we need. We yeah. need something bigger than, than we are. I wrote, actually, it's in the Surprise Me book. I, I wrote a, in one of my days, 
um, I wrote about the uh, Stepford Wives movie, you mm-hmm. know, where, and I and then I kind of related it to to Christians and said, you know, we we can become Stepford in how we follow after God, but also some of us have created a Stepford God too, mm-hmm. you know. And I'll say, you know, I don't want I don't want a Stepford God. I want a God that's bigger, that blows my mind, yeah. you know. Uh, otherwise, he's not worthy of my devotion. You know, he, yeah. he's too. If if God is too much like me, that's a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last question for a day: How do you handle or balance those days where nothing happens? You, know, you talked about you in that first day; it was looking like, well, yeah. you know, and. And when we see that in the Bible too, right? There's tracks of time between, like, say Genesis, early Genesis, and you turn those pages. There's like 400 years between some of those characters. How do you balance that? It's not a dull day; it's a dull century. Right, right. So how do you balance (laughs) that sort of like, I want this surprise, I want to be this conduit. At the same time, some days God surprises, nothing happening. Well, that's one one of the reasons why I tried to really encourage the students to keep a journal of their 30 days, because there were some days where. I thought nothing happened. And then 10 days later, something called me back to something that happened in that day. And it gave, in, in a sense, it gave a reason for that thing to happen that didn't seem like much of anything. But I, th- I think our problem is, you know, whenever we go into our relationship with God with certain expectations of what we think he should do... <laughs> yeah. You know, and we're Americans. This is part of part of our trouble with you know in America is is we think everything needs to be bigger and brighter and louder and stronger, you know. And we want our we want we think that our everyday relationship with God has to be big, mm-hmm. otherwise it doesn't validate itself, mm-hmm. you know. But there are there are small moments in my days where I go, ooh, that was that was strong. Yeah. Even though it was small, it was strong. And, you know, another example from the book, um, my wife and I were driving um, to the Houston airport, I think, down in Texas, and Mary wanted to stop for something, and I I had, I was trying to get to the airport, and so I said, no, we're not going to do it. And she looked at me and said, you know what your problem is? You're selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, this is in the middle of my, 30 days thing. So I go, oh, crap, I've got to write about this now. (laughs) Um, But, you know, surprise me, God, when you pray that, you're inviting him to have your wife look at you and say you're selfish (laughs) because that's what I needed that day. Mm -hmm. You know, so so you you can't be walking, you you can't be going into this, this experiment thinking, okay, you know, I told the story of the guy, you know, who died and, you know, the light and all that stuff. And that's that's a big story. Part of me feels like I should have told the story about my wife calling me selfish mm-hmm. because that's just as important. Sure. You know, and it, that probably did as much or more for my personal growth as that other experience. Yeah. So they all have value. We just have to... Uh, Sometimes you have to you have to dig for the value, and sometimes you don't want to find value in some of those things because they're not fun. Yeah, you know it. Some of them, it's they're calling out something negative in me, 
And I, I don't want to see that. I don't mm-hmm. want to face that because it's, it's just not a good time. Yeah. But that's what, that's what Jesus wants to do with us. He, right. wants to, he wants to grow us up, you know, and we all need to grow up, you know. And like it was students and grandparents today. Grandparents still need to grow up, you know. We don't, we don't stop growing so, sorry, I'm kind of rambling no, it's here. it's good. It's good. Um, there's just there's so many. Uh, I, I want to say so many other things about. Um, I just read this article about in the Atlantic about you know why are we walking away? Why are young people walking away from Christianity? And it's not just young people. It's it's all across the board, and it's just so sad. Actually, here's something I do want to say. So I wrote a novel mm-hmm. that I just finished called Jesus, but the middle S is reversed. Okay. So it, it's a two. Okay. And the story of this book is, I, see, I look at our culture and go, I think people are, are they're walking away from the Christian religion, but they're not walking away from Jesus because they haven't seen Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do, so with this book, I wanted to give them a different picture of Jesus, you know, that, that's not political, that's not economic-based, that's not any, you know, it's not American. And what I, so what I did was I said, what if Jesus didn't come 2,000 years ago? But what if he came now? But he's coming now for the first time, and he comes now to here in America I wanted to introduce our culture and our kids to the Jesus who I think is in the Gospels, mm-hmm. but maybe not the, the Jesus that they're seeing in our culture. Yeah. So I thought if I could bring him into our culture and, and make him part of today, you know, but it's kind of weird because if Jesus didn't come 2,000 years ago, the world would be a different place. You know, right. it's like there's no Christmas, there's no Easter, there's no New Testament, there's no yeah. There's a lot of things that are just yeah different. Yeah. So I had to I had to make up a whole lot of stuff, <laughs> but that's why it's a novel, yeah, right? Why, yeah. It's an allegory. It's a story, but I'm hoping that people will read this. And by the way, the whole book is free online at. At my at the website, it's okay. just j e the number two u s dot dot com. Okay, and if you go on there, you can click on it. You can read the whole novel. Awesome. Uh, it's a little edgy. Okay, you know, because who would Jesus pick to be his followers now? He picks a guy who runs a tattoo parlor in Northeast Minneapolis. He has a couple guys who play in a Celtic metal band. He, yeah. you know, he's got a skateboard kid he's got a guy who's autistic who lives under you know is homeless lives under the mm-hmm. lake street bridge so these are interesting characters and some of them they talk and act like you might expect they would act but yeah. i suspect peter and james and john you know james and john were known as the sons of thunder i'm guessing they got in some fights <laughs> yeah you know? sound like little uh, brawlers yeah <laughs> so you know so i i thought the the Followers that I had Jesus pick were um, were of that same caliber. It <laughs> sounds very Midwestern as well, very Minnesotan. Well, it takes place here in, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay, yeah. So they say, write what you know. Well, thanks again, Terry, for joining us today. It was, yeah. it was great having you on campus, and 
we look forward to hearing from you more. So yeah, thanks. Great. Right.